Me, Eleanor, we're together again for another episode of Trueness of the Words, a place for women authentic and vulnerable. I'm your host, again, Eleanor Fleming, and my guest today is Karen Hardy. She is first and foremost a follower of Jesus Christ. She's a wife, a mother of two, and the founder and CEO of Andrews and Hardy Funeral Home. Let me first say that we know each other very well. And I have an extreme amount of respect for her in many areas. So I'm honored that you are joining me today, Karen. And I also know that the Lord has led you in many areas in what we're going to discuss in this series. So now, without further ado, further ado, or however the word we say, because this is the very first one, and I'm so blessed to be able to be here and have this conversation, trusting the Lord and knowing that he is with us. So do you have anything you want to say ahead of time before we jump right in here? I just want to thank you, Eleanor, for having me. It's just such an honor um, that you would even think of me as someone who would come on your show for the first time. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yes, it's a blessing that I... um, I mean, I, I definitely respect you. So I'm grateful to God that he placed us together. So yes. that's awesome yes. for me. Yes. So now, you we, we said that. So we are talking about your mother of two. So this show today, and actually the series that we're in, is about accepting and loving our adult children. And so that isn't always an easy thing to do, I guess, depending on the road that they're on. But in reading some of the information that uh, you provided in our conversation as well, pre this um, showing or coming on here, one thing you missed, and I have my notes because I didn't want to miss anything. You stated that because as a mother of two, you um, you have two sons, actually. And one of your sons, you actually lost um, in an accident. Yes. He passed away. So there are women out here that have lost children. And one of the things that I've heard, I've actually heard women say this, that a loss of a child, that it's hard for them to show up and show love for the remaining children that have come into the world. So I'm asking, is it what is the to speak to such a sensitive um, heartache trauma for a mother? Well, Eleanor, um, it's difficult after losing a child. Let let me preface that by saying, first of all, um, I've had death, my mother, father, siblings. But when my son passed, it was no other pain like that. Okay, we love him, we miss him. Um, But my son... Um, was totally different. His death was totally different. It's just, it, first of all, it's tragic. We never, ever think of burying our children. Uh, it's something that has never even crossed my mind. Um, so he was my total focus after his passing. And I didn't, even though I had one son remaining, um, he was not part of my thought process until I got in a really, really bad space. And um, you begin to think about, well, what 
does that do to him to see his mother like this? And just the thought of that really broke my heart. And that's what allowed me and helped me to begin to get myself together and to be able to go through the grief process and accepting my uh, son's tragic death. I apologize. I've written here, how did that affect your relationship with the Lord? Well, I, I got to be <laughs> authentic. Yes, please. I was very, very, very angry mm -hmm. at the Lord. I became very angry at the Lord because, first of all, in my own uh, thinking, carnal thinking, I had our lives all mapped out, you know. Um, he had planned to stay in, in Florida where he had went to school. And I had gone ahead and I had him, in my mind, I had him with children, a wife, um, and us meeting up elsewhere um, to have vacations. And so when he was killed, all of that was gone for me. Yeah. All of that was gone. So I blamed the Lord. I was like, you know, Lord, my son was, and I know a lot of people say that kids are good kids, and but, but he really was. He had just graduated from college, um, just had his first real job. And so uh, he was excited. He had just bought him a condo down in Florida. Uh, so he was excited about beginning his life. And I was angry because I said, all these, you know, you got, Lord, you have all these kids out here who are shooting, who are killing, who are drugging. And here my son is just beginning and you uh, allowed him to be taken from this earth from us and our loved ones. So I was very angry um, and I had to go through a lot of things to get back on track and realize that no matter what, God is still good and gracious and kind and he loves us. Um, but that was a process for me to go through. Wow. So how does, when you think of that, because I know there are, um, we, could, we can't possibly hit every question with that, but thinking about your son that was left remaining here, how did he feel? Did he ever feel he wasn't loved or that you weren't showing up for him? I mean, genuine things that he had to do. Well, let's let's put it like this. We were all going through our grief. Okay. Marcus, um, and that's my remaining son, Marcus um, lived, they lived together in Florida. They both went to school down there. They both lived together. Um, so he had it really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in the same space. He's there with his clothing. He's there in his, with his, you know, all of his belongings and his um, um, belongings and, and, and everything, just the whole house household. Everything, you know, was a re constant reminder for him. But it wasn't until um, Marcus... Um, called me one day. Uh, we had planned to um, 
I was going to go down there. And he says, well, mom, you don't have to come, come down. You know, I'll get his things packed up. And uh, the plan was for him to pack them up and for him to ship them back home. Um, but he called me one day and he was crying and he was upset. He said, this is much more difficult than I even thought. And he was having such a hard time. And that right there allowed me to then begin to focus uh, on Marcus to understand that it's not just me and my grief. You know, this is a walk that we're all going through. Uh, so I had to, you know, put him as the, as the focus. I had to help my child, in my mind, get through uh, the death of his brother. Wow, that is powerful. That's unpacking a lot. And I'm certain a lot of women are going to um, be blessed by that, being able to hear. Because although I don't have the loss of a child and I can't even put myself or even try to imagine that, you're blessing me in that because we still have to show up for our children, even in the spaces where we're looking, we're trying to figure out why isn't th why is this happening? Why is it being done this way? But we still have to show up for them. Now, I want to jump to this. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about that at all? Because I don't want to be insensitive to that. No, no, no. I'm fine. Okay. All right. Um, you're so. so well, there is, but there is. Now, I do want to kind of jump in here with this a little bit. I noticed that you fulfilled your, when I, and again, I have my notes, so, because I, I did not want to miss anything, right? Cause, but it, it, I noticed that you fulfilled your childhood dream of becoming a mortician at the age of 25, and your son actually lost his life at the age of 25. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and I didn't really think of the ages like that until I was going through this questionnaire and it, and it, it, that popped out at me because I was like, man, I was 25 and then here he is at 25, you know, and, and, but it just shows the sovereignty of God, of how he, he has everything planned out and he knows everything long before it happens. Um, so that, that's something I'm going to have to pray about and, and just get a little more clarity on because it just that just came out to me uh, when I'm going through the questionnaire for you. So thank wow. you. <laughs> OK, now you said something really interesting uh, as well the questionnaire as well as our pre-call, but it's you said it's really important that your adult children know God and his word. That's one. I have three that I want to touch on, but can you tell me what do you mean by that? Well, as mothers, um, it's important for us to um, train our child the Bible tells us, train our children, children in the way they should go and they won't depart from it. So that's always been an important aspect for, for me to um, have my children to trust God and not look to mother and father for their strength and direction, but to search God for their, for their direction and their answers. Because, you know, what I see it is certainly may not be in the plans that God has. So mm -hmm. wow, I want powerful. them to have their own relationship with Christ. 
Yes, that's and I'm you bringing that out. That's one of the things with me raising my daughter and raising my daughter. I wanted to make sure that she had that foundation and that that was something that she relied on at all times. Now we can't control what happens when they uh, become of age and they choose their own path. But that circles back too to what we we're talking about: accepting and loving our children when they've chosen a path. So what happens when? a child an adult child says okay i don't that's not the road i want to go did you ever have to deal with that um with your sons where they said okay that's your way that's not my way i don't want to go that way and how did you if it wasn't exactly that but how did you accept it if they have strayed in any way you know um it, it's about me doing and handling my responsibilities that god has entrusted me with you know he he gave me these sons he told me that i'm how i'm to train them up and the rest is really out of my hands um you know it's still a difficult situation that comes up when they do stray i mean you know it weighs and tugs on on a mother's heart um but we have to realize that um that's that's in god's hands not ours all we can do from our perspective, is to continue to lift them up and pray for them uh, and encourage them and love on them. Um, and the rest is in God's hands. That's good. So you also mentioned, and we have some, I'm going to say this out loud because I can't help it, but to bother, I'm hearing like uh, noises outside in the landscaping. So I apologize. The enemy will work in any way he possibly can, right? So if it's any noise, I apologize, ladies, for the noise if it's too um, loud. So as we know, you can go hours, no, there's no noise. And all of a sudden, when we're getting ready to dive into what the Lord will have us to, then things begin to happen. But you also mentioned, this one caught me because I said, I need to understand what this means. Relationships are vertical and horizontal. It's important to you that your adult children have relationships that are vertical and horizontal. So what do you mean by vertical and horizontal? <laughs> well, that, that um, relates to them having their own relationship with Christ. Mm. Okay. Um, I've always stressed relationships as being very important to my family and, and my friends and you know, that's always been an important aspect. So I stress to my children that they're to have their own relationship with Christ. But on the same token, um, we're to have a nice, strong bond and relationship uh, between us. And they correlate to each other, you know, because the, the word tells us that uh, we can't say we love him and we not love our brothers and vice versa so you know. oh that's so good now you're unpacking something there for me because again i'm a mother and a mother of uh, i only have one my daughter and I, i'm listening to you and something that i'm learning uh, that god has genuinely been teaching me and i think he's been teaching me for a very very long time but i was set in my own ways Loving my baby girl for who she is, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like, yeah. because her journey is her journey. It's not my journey. My responsibility and my role as a parent 
is to love her. That's my responsibility. And everything else, leave it unto the Lord to handle that. And I can genuinely say that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, when the Lord gave me and he gave it to me, accepting and loving our children, I was struggling with that, that I don't know how to do that because not that I don't know how to, to, to literally do it completely, or maybe that's the thing. I don't know how to do it completely, but Lord, you're giving me something that's so sensitive to me right now because I think about so many things that, oh my goodness, my daughter genuinely probably felt abandoned by me, not physically because I was a mother. I provided, I made sure she had, and I gave her a foundation in the Lord. So we look at all of that, right? We look yeah. at that and we say, that's what matters. And the reality is though I gave her those things, what she was craving for, and I didn't have another child, right? To, to play off of one that I can get, I make the mistakes with, and then I get it right over here. They don't come with manuals, so I, and they're individual and different either. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yes. So when I look back and I can see that there may have been, and I genuinely can see it. I can see where she may have felt abandoned by me in this area. I was one of those parents that when I got off of work, because I'm a provider, I'm taking care of you. I was a single mother for many, many years. So I have to do all of these things. So when I would get off of work, I needed to have some me time. So I would go into the room every day after work and get me an hour in to myself. But when I think back now, because God has blessed me to have grandchildren, I can see how from now looking, wow, she may have felt like I really didn't even want to be bothered with her. You know, that, 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 that touched my heart. And because we're, because I have the privilege of having this uh, with you, I'm so thankful because we talk about a lot of things, yeah. you and I, and you have been very strategic in my journey and trying to look at things differently in a different perspective with my daughter and making me see you, you're very like stern. <laughs> what do you think she may feel? And so I love that. God works through people to bring it full circle for me. So I'm just saying, accepting and loving our children, we have to accept and love them for who they are, no matter what that looks like to us. But yeah, I, as, as mm -hmm. parents, I'm sorry, I just wanted to, as, as parents, we have these ideas about um, our children. You know, we we uh, step out and, and kind of get into the place where only God should be. But we start planning their lives for them and start directing them and, you know, setting things up for them. And and I mean, those are those are those are things that need to be done. But we still have to understand as parents that uh, this may not be the direction that God wants this child to go because he has plans for each individual uh, child that we have. He has his own plan and directions for them, but we can get so caught up in trying to make things happen. And, and sometimes even getting to the point of um, directing that child's life and trying to live our lives through 
our children's lives. And that's, those are, those are things we have to be very careful about doing. And, um, and, and, and that's why it's important to allow even children to be able to, um, say something they like and mm -hmm. uh, what they want. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to go for it because we know uh, what things are um, um, within their area of, of being able to handle it. So, yeah. you know, it's our, it's our duty as parents to be able to navigate and guide these things. But it's also important for us to be able to have our uh, ear open and, and our heart to be able for God to be able to direct us as to what we're to do with that child. So. That's good. You over here schooling me again? No. no. You're going to do this in public? No, it, it's a process for all of us. So we learning, honey. <laughs> That's good, though. That's really good. Because I do. I, um, uh, when you look at your children, it, it's it's amazing. Or amazing isn't the right word. I don't want to use that word. Maybe you can help me with a different word. But you wait until you're 50 and 60 and and you get it. So like it, it's like I waited. I didn't wait on purpose. It just life experiences and things began to show me and teach me. And so when I think about, see, it's not an option for me anymore. And I say anymore because for a long time, it was you do it my way or as they say, the highway. And I can see how, because remember, ladies, I want to throw this plug in there. We talked about this where we're saying we it was like, you're going to do what I say. But we have some things wrong. We got some things wrong when it came to our children. And so we have to own those things in order to be healed. So that healing process for me is, okay, did my daughter do some things wrong or did a person's son do some things wrong, right? Yes, yeah. that's not the focus. The focus is what did, where did I go wrong? Ask God for forgiveness, ask our children for forgiveness. Yes. And that brings me to something. I have a note here and I, I have the note. You talked about that. In regards regarding, because I'm going to get to that, that naming what which we know we've done. That's exactly what you said. I almost jumped out of my seat when I was reading that because it, it it's regarding what is it that you would want a mother to do or start doing. And if I can read it, it says apologize, quoting you apologize to our children for the things we have done wrong, naming that which we know we've done, and don't be afraid to apologize for the hurt we've caused, even if we don't know what was said or done. We can simply say it by something, we could just let them know, I don't know what I've done, but I, I may, apparently I've done something to hurt you, forgive me. Yeah. Now that's that, I need yeah. you to unpack that. That's, that's, that's some, you spoke to me. That's powerful. <laughs> you, you know, um, Eleanor, um, my son was about, and, and that's my oldest son, he was about 10 years old. And 
he, at this point, he was just kind of angry and it was just a, a lot of times he just was angry. He just was, you know, snappy. And so I, I, we were going, I think I was taking him to a game or practice or something. It probably was a practice because I would not have uh, dealt with this at, you know, knowing he was focused on a, a game. But the Lord revealed to me before I got in that car, when I was driving to make sure I let him know I love him and apologize. And I didn't know, you know, I had no clue about what I needed to apologize for. Mm -hmm. But I do know that he was snappy, that he was angry. And, uh, and so we got in the car and we're driving and just the two of us. And I said, um, son, I don't know if I've done something to hurt you or something to upset you, but I want you to know if that's something you're feeling, it certainly was not intentional on my part. And I apologize for whatever that is. And we continued to kind of dialogue as we went along. But after that day, and he never, he never revealed what it was that was making him angry. But he let me know, mom, I appreciate you uh, apologizing. That meant a lot to me, but he still never shared with me. And, and at that point, it didn't matter, you know, because it was over. I apologized for it and let him know whatever was bothering him. I certainly did not mean it. I want the best for him. And I explained all of that. But that was like night and day. It, it flipped him around. You know, I, I, I've apologized to and ladies. I hope someone's, I hope this is resonating with someone because I've apologized to my daughter many a times. But sometimes I think what happens is for them, the apology for them is too little, too late. It doesn't mean that it won't come to a point. But I think sometimes for them, it's like they keep a barrier up that, okay, you, you apologizing now, now I'm in the space I'm in. And so that's where we now have to wait. Yes. We have to wait on the Lord to do the healing and the mending because I'll tell anybody, I was super mom, that's real. I was super mild. I was handling my, I was handling things as a mother. Okay. I just did it, but we can just do it. But at the cost of what? Oh, and yeah. you, that portion, I can see, I just did it, make it happen type of thing. And though I wasn't a mom, I need to say this too, because no, I wasn't a mother. I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't hanging out. I kept the people that shouldn't have been in my daughter's life. I kept them out of her life. I'm doing this. She has a foundation. Oh, I hung the word of God like a banner. <laughs> no, I just, but there was still 
um, there was a sacrifice in the midst. And when she would, like when you were speaking about how your son said that you knew there was something wrong. I want to say this. I remember when my daughter was, um, she had went to, a, uh, it was a game. And so she went to, at the time she was in Lutheran school and she went to predominantly all white school. And I say that because it matters in the next, what I'm going to say. She wanted to go to this dance that they had. And I said, okay, because I want it. So she went and she called me crying. And I need to, I want to make sure I don't start crying on here, right? So I'm so serious because I think about this and it just bothers me, with me. And she called, she was in high school and she said, Ma, can you come and get me? And I said, well, what's the matter? And she said, well, can you just please come and get me? I want to go. I want to go home. So I go to pick her up. And when she, I was one of those parents that I would say, stop all the crying. It doesn't matter. Life doesn't work that way because I wasn't a crier. And because of my own experiences in life that I went through, now I'm putting those experiences off on my daughter. Unbeknownst, I'm forcing my way on her. Yeah. And so she said, well, at the time, none of the boys asked her to dance. And so I say, Using that word of God as a banner. The Lord is keeping you. I remember. I remember it so well. I said, the Lord is holding you. He's keeping you for a reason. He's separating you from um, these people. And it's a reason why God has you this way. And she, But she's crying. But I didn't have the fortitude or the, the empathy. I love my daughter with everything in me. Anybody that knew me knew that. I knew that. I think she knew that. But I didn't have compassion because of my own journey, yeah. I needed her to suck that up, just move on. And I gave it, I said, well, maybe it's because, you know, a lot of you're, you're black and there's a lot of people there that's white and maybe they didn't want that, right? Maybe the, guy, the boys didn't, that's what I was saying at the time. But really what my baby girl was just saying was, I'm hurt, you know? She's like, but I can see that now. Yeah, Ooh, this thing is not. I'm almost want to pause for a minute, right? It's okay, because I can see now. Minute, but go ahead. <laughs> I can just see yeah. now that that was hurtful to her. She felt she felt like she didn't matter to somebody. It wasn't. I don't think it was mo so much about someone not asking her to dance, but more so, why can I never be chosen? But I couldn't see that. I'm on here. Uh, we, let's get to the next question. <laughs> now, you know what, Eleanor? I think it's important, though. And I was going to touch on that when you were talking about you going in the room. We, as women and mothers, have to understand that if we're not fulfilled, if we're not taken care of and that child in us is not taken care of, we're just going to continue to perpetuate the same on our children. And, and I think you going in the room with something that's needed. It's needed for all of us. And, and even right now, we have got to take the time to uh, fill our cup back up. 
We pour into everybody else. We pour into our children. We pour into our homes. We pour into our husbands. Um, we pour into community uh, service. And uh, we pour into all these areas. But it's important that we get poured into. Um, otherwise, we'll be left lacking, too. And that same hurt and pain that we felt as a child, we pass it on to our children if we don't take care of it and heal it. Yes. Oh, that's so, that's a serious word because that's true. I, I literally projected, I'm being as authentic here as it can be. I'm being authentic. I'm being vulnerable. I, um, and I did that. I did that to my daughter. I did that to her. And then she didn't have her father wasn't there for her. So that's another thing I want to hit on. If we can talk about that. I raised my daughter. Her father wasn't there for her. You know, and the, it's the truth is I, I won't, I'm not bashing him or anything like that. He, we were young. He went and did whatever, but he went on, uh, married, had child, additional children. And she was just kind of like to the side. And every young girl, boys too, though. But every young girl needs her father because yeah. when they don't have that, when they grow up, they're searching and seeking for yeah. something that as a mother, you can't fulfill. I used to use this phrase all the time. I used to tell my daughter all the time, I am validating you at home so you don't have to look for validation out here in these streets. Well, the thing was, as a mom, as a woman, yes, I'm doing that, but she needed validation from a man, her father. Yes. And yeah. so now when you grow older, you don't even realize that's what you're seeking, yeah. but that's what you're seeking. And then who get, you know, a lot of times, even though we have done things wrong, then there's things that we get blamed for. So can you speak to that? Even though you have sons, they were raised in a home with a mom and a father. Can you really talk to the ladies, un like really unpack that thing real strong so people can understand the importance of that, uh, that union of a father and a mother bringing their children up in a home that's God-fearing, if you, if you can. You know, you know, Eleanor, I was um, from a broken home. I was uh, two years old uh, when my mother and father divorced. Um, but one thing we would spend as children, we would spend weekends, many, many weekends with, with my father. Uh, so I had that bond with my father. Um, I moved with him uh, totally when I was going into the seventh grade. What did I put you at 12 or 13 years? So I was with my father the formative years and my father and I were really, really, really close, really close. Mm -hmm. But that's one thing that if, and this is this goes for uh, young men, um, young women, or adult men and women. If we don't get the love and acceptance that we um, desire, or whatever it is the respect. We will go and search it 
in the streets. I mean, you're going to search it out somewhere. So it's best that if we can to try and give it to them um, right there in the home. Now, part of that is, is, is relationship with our children um, as, as um, youngsters and, and, and as adults also. But um, we have to build strong relationships so we can talk back and forth with our children and have mm. an understanding. But it's important for us to be able to be open uh, to that conversation and not pass judgment and not condemn and not uh, teach them the way they should live and 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 but guide them wow. instruct them gently instruct them that's it that gently because i didn't have gent i didn't have the gent so i had the deuteronomy parents that was like <laughs> now my father he was uh, like my father he wasn't don't he wasn't no whoop them way my mother no i had a mouth let me just i don't want anybody to get this made I had a mouth. So when my mother slapped me in my mouth, it was warranted. When she took my head through the window, it was warranted. It don't, statutory limitations don't need to be on some of this stuff here, okay? putting it on us. And then now they pretend like they don't remember doing that. Well, I remember, okay? <laughs> but the communication part, that I'm a talker when I talk. So, but I'm also a loner. I can stay like COVID that didn't affect me when it came to being in the house. I could stay in the four walls and it didn't bother me because I don't want to be bothered. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be bothered. But um, I can talk though. Meaning if we're talking about something that's good, like if we're having communication, I can have that dialogue. But where I falter, and I want to hear your point on this, because you, you alluded to it in the communication part. I would talk to my daughter always, would give her a hug and a kiss. I was known for that. I'm a hug and kiss my daughter. Okay. That's my baby. I'm a hug and kiss her. But if I was struggling with something, and you talked about this earlier, if I'm not poured into property and I'm struggling with something, I work all day, I'm, I'm stressed right now, I'm trying to keep food on the table. Um, it may be that I don't have enough money to go from one point to the next. And here you're in my face asking me for something that has to do with da da da. And the re and even though we're talking at the younger age, all of these things is what has caused issues in the adult age. So the communication is key. Oh my God. You're saying something so real. And I've learned again, everyone I know Karen. So she has, I've watched her and her communication with her son. I love it. And it, it literally inspired me in areas to just try to even deal with my adult daughter differently because I can see what that looks like. So when we communicate with our children, adult children, when we communicate with our adult children with respect, they are adults now. So we have to deal with them from a different angle. We don't deal with them like we did. When, when they were children, we were the center of their world. Mm -hmm. They were children, we would dictate. 
But when they become adults, we have to respect that boundary for them, which I didn't get the memo on in the beginning. I did not. I didn't get the memo on. But my daughter would definitely tell me, you need to get the memo. But the communication, how is your communication with your adult son? What does that look like when you're talking with him and dealing with him in his everyday life? Just that communication piece. How does it? I, I want to make sure I'm asking it correctly. When you're communicating with him, how do you communicate with him in a way that even though you don't agree with him as an adult and the things that he's doing, how do you communicate with him even knowing, oh, he's doing something right now I don't like and the outcome you get from it? Now, one thing I don't do, I don't, um, I, I don't hold back on letting him know my thoughts and my feelings that's part of the communication but it's just and, and the same thing as a child you know when they were children i would talk to them i would tell them you know this is what it is they say well they have a different opinion well i'm the parent and i'm you know i'm making this call right now you know but still trying to respect them and i say trying because um let's let's face it you know, this is uh, something that's ongoing for even us. You know, we don't we don't have a, we don't get it right all the time. And so uh, I would tell uh, them this is we're going to do it this way, but still trying to respect them and, and not demean them as if, you know, your way is wrong. It's just not it's not appropriate for this situation that we're dealing with right now. And it's the same thing as an adult. It just switches. I still tell my son things that I don't agree with that he does or is doing or is planning on doing. I said, but it's your call. You, you're an adult. You have to make that decision. But these are the reasons why I think you should not go down this road. And ultimately we have to trust God because, you know, sometimes um, God places in them what he wants them to do. Now I may not see the way he sees it. I, I may not see it because it's not my vision. It's mm -hmm. his. And that's what is why it's important for us to, uh, just trust God. Trust God with it. We've trained them. We've taught them how they should live, but it's ultimately their decision. Just like we make choices, it's, they make choices too. And whatever consequences or natural consequences go along with it, they reap those too. So, And, and trusting God that even if they falter, even if they fail, that they'll get something out of it that's going to help and benefit them. That's so real. Because that's the that part. You know, when they say, I hear, I try sometimes to say, like, I try to hear some of the lingo sometimes, and I say that part, because I'm really old, right? <laughs> <laughs> but God himself is the one that will, he will 
reconstruct it all. And what happens is we try to make it what it needs to be and not allow God to take, because God, he uses all of it, all our shame, all our guilt, yeah. all the good, he yeah. uses it all. And he brings it to the glory of him. He does. Yes. I think about, I mean, and I know with you having the loss of a child, I'm certain there was a time where you didn't feel that way. How can this be? You you mentioned that, right? But he uses it because that also blesses someone else later that may be struggling with something. You can bless them and help them and talk to them and be able to lead them along the way. Yes, I mean, that's that's real. That's real. I mean, it's many times. I mean, who would sign up? For that, if they knew you had to lose a child, you'd be like, no, Lord, I don't need that. I don't need that instruction right now. But he does. And and even in when he talks about us thanking him, even for the valleys, that's a valley I never thought that mm -hmm. I would be thankful to the Lord for. Now, am I happy that my son passed? No. But I'm happy for the journey that I went through in spite of that, because I am a much better, much stronger, much more understanding person than I ever, ever, ever could have been had I not gone through that deep valley. You all hear this? I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed right now. I really am. So we have just probably about another 10 minutes to go. I want because I have when I tell you I wrote so many notes, you were a wealth of everything when you completed <laughs> um, the questionnaire. We kind of went through the uh, the pre-interview. It just was amazing. And and I thank you because one of the things you and I chatted about, you were like, I, I want to know all the questions we talked about. There. I was like, no, you will not know the question. We will. We'll discuss some things, but you will not know what the questions are. And so, ladies, one of the things that is so important, I'm going to keep bringing this on, bringing it in, and that is we are, this is for women, and we are authentic and vulnerable. So we don't, we're we're not figuring it out beforehand. We're praying and asking God to lead, guide, and direct our words so that when we come to you, we are authentic and we're vulnerable. It, so that it, yeah. it just has to be that way. Yeah. So let me in this short, I want to make sure what is something you said is that you disagree when we say about our adult children, they're set in their ways. You can't teach them anything new. There's no hope. It, can you just real quick, can you can you? Because I got some. I have something else I want to say too. Because you said so much in your thing that I said I, I have to get some of this information. But what when you say that, what do you mean? They're set. Well, what do you? What are you trying to say to mothers when you say they're set in their ways, and there's no hope for our adult children? Well, a, a, a lot of people feel like you know they have children that are. I'm gonna just say wayward for lack of better term right now but they feel like there's no hope for them <laughs> but there is hope mm -hmm. you know um even we can even find the smallest little thing and we can praise that child or 
even adult child for. You know, it may be small, but we if we can begin to affirm them uh, and affirm them, even if it's for efforts, okay, the results may be catastrophic. But if we can pick out the good in it and we can just affirm them and encourage them for that little piece of good in there, that would do wonders uh, for them and for their encouragement and and just the their ability to want to get more and do more. Wow. That's good. Because, you know, I only have my daughter. So all I have the reference to, right, is my daughter. And I think about that because when I say she's a smart young lady, you have to hear me. Like, let me just throw my hands up and tell the world. Like, she is a smart young lady. <laughs> And so I don't mean smart like her mouth, even though she has one of those now, okay? But I mean like what's articulate. Um, she's very smart. She thinks, right? It's I've noticed that when she's frustrated, she makes decisions based upon the emotions of where she's at. But when she's in her right way of thinking, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but when she's focused, that portion of it where we're talking, where you speak about that, well, I would get frustrated. Let me say that. I'd be like, oh my goodness, she I can't get her right. I can't get her to do she uh, her own way. And the Lord would deal with me on that. Because what if he thought of that with me? And what are her experiences in life that has caused her to be a certain way in certain areas? So when I, you know, that that did something for me. And you said, hmm. Wait a minute. I need. I, I need. I'm. I'm gonna say to everybody. I'm putting this. This here. Cause I could not. When I read this, I said, "You said condemning. You telling mothers to stop this. Condemning and focusing on the negative aspects or shortcoming of our children." Okay, you just slapped me. I. <laughs> you. You literally. Just and I mean we're smiling and all, but I'm so sick. Like it, that, that slapped me in the chest because yes. So mothers, here we go. I did that to my daughter. So I want you to think about it right now. Are you doing that to your your adult children right now? Have you done that? What are you doing? Seeking the Lord and asking Him to help you in this area and to change in that area because condemning them and focusing only on their negative. What about the positive? What about the great things that they've done? That's a lopsided way of seeing things. They're not all the time wrong, just like we're not all the time wrong. So that right there, I had to ask myself, Karen, I said, it was a rhetorical question that I had to ask myself. Did I do this to my daughter? Yes, I did. And there are some mothers out here right now that you need to be saying you apologize. You need to apologize to your children. I'm going to go ahead and apologize to my daughter if she ever even watches this and just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize because you are worth everything to me. So I'm sorry if I condemn, not if, I'm sorry for when I condemned you for what I thought you should or should not do. I'm, I apologize for 
the focusing on your negatives and not seeing all the beauty and the glory within you that God had placed in you. So mothers, I think it's time that we, that the healing begin and start that process. Now I'm going to end this Karen with this right here. Cause I have to I wrap us up and I know you are so gracious to join me. And I, you, again, you really just do not know how blessed I am to have you. I respect you so much. Um, one of the things you said, no matter the age of our children or the state of our relationships, there is an opportunity to begin building bonds in relationships. This is what I love. You said it's never too late. Yes, Can you just in about two minutes, can you just express that to the ladies and then we'll wrap it up? I say it's never too late because no matter what, first of all, let me, let me, let me say this. We love our children. Most mothers love their children and want the best for them. And so I think when, when we see them straying a little bit, that's when we start focusing on, and, and you're not alone, okay? I'm saying we start focusing on that and we just try to say, no, no, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And and those little things that slowly discourage them, you know? And so it's important um, that irrespective of what the age of our children are, we can always start from where we are right now mm -hmm. and we can see the good in something that they're de doing, even though we may be totally against their lifestyle. Um, we can find the good and we can encourage them and we can love on them and we can start to build the blocks to build a stronger bond in relationship. Let's face it. No one wants to be in the presence and and that's me and uh you i'm sure no one wants to be in the presence of someone who all they have is negative to say about them. you know we're gonna run the other way and that includes a parent so it's important for us to just begin to see the little small things uh in their life and encourage them it's always something that can uh, be found and 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 build upon that and encourage upon that um, and and watch God over time rebuild that relationship. It's the little things. Consistency is what comes to my mind right now. Consistency in whatever area that we seek to improve in relationships. Wow. I hate to even end this, but we have to end it. But if you could just tell us just one last thing for people that want to get in touch with you, because you you own your own funeral home. And even though we're we're talking about death and we don't want to talk about that. If no, you... ain't nobody trying to hurry and run into <laughs> me. Okay, no, I, I understand. <laughs> you just, if you could just tell anyone uh, the name of your business, I'm going to also drop it in the about section if anyone needs it, but the name of your business, if you don't mind, and how they can uh, reach if they need services from you. Well, um, the name is Andrews and Hardy Funeral Home. 
um, and you'll have the information up. And and I'm going to, to reach out and say this, Eleanor. One of my spiritual gifts are encouragement. And um, that's what we're here as God's children, to be vessels, to minister, to help each other um, as we go through things. So. Thank you. I want to make sure the information is available. Oh, thank you. Will you promise you're going to, if I call on you again in the near future, would you come and talk to I us? I certainly would. I really, 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 even though I was super um, skeptical about this, <laughs> uh, I have really, really enjoyed this conversation. I have. So, thank you. Thank you. Well, ladies, we thank are stretching me. Thank you for stretching me all the time because you do. Okay. So I'm just going to once. So ladies, I just want to thank you all for again, joining us today on the very first live episode of trueness of the words. I am so elated, so excited that God has chosen me for this journey. I'm so grateful. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Right. Uh, and, and where my joy is. But um, thank you for joining us on today. Look forward to so much more to come what the Lord has for us and what he's going to do by way of stretching us and molding us and doing great things within us. So until we all see each other again next week, we're going to be coming again with accepting and loving our children. We're going to have a different parent and we're going to be seeing it from a different angle. And we're going to also sometime in one of these events or episodes, we're going to have a daughter come on to talk, to speak her side of what it feels like. So until we see each other again, have a wonderful rest of your day.